Welcome to Transformation Church RVA. This sermon is a part of our series called Brace for Impact. Oftentimes, we find ourselves with many reasons for why we don't serve God. Over the course of this series, we'll zoom in to examine the lives of four individuals in the Bible who each had their own struggles with serving. We aim to discover how God is calling each of us to work for Him and has uniquely wired us for the task ahead. Our scripture reading this morning comes from the book of Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 through 16. If you uh, don't have a Bible with you, please use the Bible in the pew. You'll find this reading on page 914, 914. And that's Philippians 3, 12 through 16. And if you don't, have a Bible at home of your own, guess what? You do now. Because that Bible in the pew, please take it with you, bring it home, and make that your own. So here are the words of the Apostle Paul from Philippians 3, chapter, uh, verses 12 through 16. I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing. Forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Jesus Christ, is calling us. Let all who are spiritually mature agree on these things. If you disagree on some point, I believe God will make it plain to you, but we must Hold on to the progress we have already made. This is the word of the Lord. Praise be to God. Thank you, Brother Bill. Um, I'm so glad uh, to be in week two. Everybody say week two. Week two um, of our series, Brace for Impact. So um, how many of you know when you encounter Jesus, things change? Did you know that you can come to church and not encounter Jesus? Did you know that? You can come to church and leave the exact same way that you came this morning. My prayer is that that's not the case. My prayer is that whether it was a a handshake or a smile in the parking lot, or whether it's the worship or the proclamation of God's word, That you leave different. I pray that you encounter Christ today. Um, Last week, I'm going to do a quick recap. And then we'll kind of jump into this week. This is a five-week deal. Uh, Show me five. Do you have all of them? Okay, cool. No, it's fine. (laughs) I've got a couple buddies that uh, lost... Some digits, whether it was in a work accident or something, so I tell them to give me four all the time. <laughs> um, that was ne- not nearly as funny as I thought it was going to be. Now, they would have laughed. But uh, last week, week one, uh, what we're covering is reasons people don't want to serve. Reasons that people give that say, hey, I, I'm just not, you know, serving isn't for me. I just want to come on Sunday, I want, to, I want to get into the worship, and I want to hear the preaching of the word, then I want to go home, and I want people to leave me alone. And I hear primarily four reasons, and last week, what we discovered is this. 
the number one reason people do not serve the Lord as they should is they say, I don't want to. And that I don't want to isn't because your schedule can't be changed. That I don't want to isn't because of some tangible reason. It is a heart issue. And so what we said is that we need to tune our hearts about serving to God's heart about saving. You see, serving is more, it is, serving is more than just doing something. It's impacting others' eternity. Others' eternity. And in the coming weeks, um, this week, we're going to look at You Don't Know My Past. Next week, Woody Jones is bringing the word with getting the fight. Um, the week after that, Ian will return from Memphis. Our, we have a missions team in Memphis this week. Praise God for that. I hope you are praying for them. Ian is going to cover the topic, I have issues. I can't serve because I've got issues. And the last week we'll say, I don't want to, um, I can't serve because I don't have the right tools. Um, but for today, we're going to cover, you don't know my past. Everybody say past. And what we will find today is that the work of God, pay attention. This is, this is what I want you to take home. The work God has for you isn't hung up in yesterday or tomorrow. It's for today. So the question we are going to ask ourselves is not what should I've done or what am I going to do tomorrow, but what am I doing today to serve the Lord? What am I doing today? What are you doing today? And so in that, I found this clip. Any, any Olympics fans? Anybody watching the Olympics? Oh, come on. Y'all have got to catch up. The Olympics have been amazing. Um, I'm a big Olympics fan because uh, also I'm, I'm competitive. How many of you are competitive? Yeah, the same people raising their hands. That's it. This is a very non-engaging crowd this morning. Hopefully online. I bet you're shouting online. That's what it is. The uh, relays are intense, especially these really fast ones. I mean, these guys are full sprinting. And what Paul paints for us in this text and what we'll bridge over to, and he talks in Hebrews about as well, is we have a race, you have a race set before you. And Paul has some admonishments about that race. It's, it is undeniable, and particularly, um, we are going to look at verse 13. Look, look at verse 13 of Philippians chapter 3. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. Now, if you underline in your Bible, I want you to underline this or highlight this, but I focus on this one thing. Everybody hold up to number one. One thing. Forgetting the past and looking forward. Some of your versions are going to say straining forward to what lies ahead. 
Then verse 14, I press on. Paul gives us this formula of how to press on and why it is important that we get in today to what God has for us. Um, And the very first thing, now look at this text and he says what? He has one thing and then it looks like he says two things, doesn't it? He says, I focus on this one thing, but then he says two things. And the reason I think he says this is because these things are done at one time. You cannot do one without the other. And the very first thing is this. In order for us to understand that the work of God isn't hung up in yesterday, and it's not hung up in tomorrow, God's work for us is today, right now. And the first thing we have to do is forget the past and strain ahead. Forget the past and strain ahead. At the very beginning of what Brother Bill read this morning, uh, a posture that forgets what's behind and strains ahead. It is, and he gives us this picture of a race. This picture of running. And I know you might not do much running. I try not to. I'll run to dinner. I'll run to dinner. Um, And most recently, I'll run if McKinley (laughs) is trying to do something she shouldn't be doing. Um, Anybody ever have kids like that? Yeah. Um, I have two. I have two that do that. I don't know. It's something that caught. They they just want to do what they're not supposed to be doing. So I have to move kind of quick. McKinley yesterday almost took a nosedive off of the bed uh, face first, heading for a cookie. And I couldn't blame her. I couldn't blame her. But it wouldn't have been good for her face. But this is a picture of a run, and it starts out with this very thing. He says, I do not, he says this twice. I don't mean to say I've already achieved these things or that I've already reached perfection. But I press on. And then he says it again. In 13, he says, no, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. In order for us to forget the past and strain ahead, one of the things we have to do is look at our posture. And we have to, as Christians, if if you're not a Christian, this may not apply to you. But for Christians, we have to have this posture. I'm a work in progress. I have not achieved it. Now, for some this morning, that's going to be a relief. Have you ever looked at your life and said, this, man, I'm just having a hard time here. I haven't made it yet. I thought this would be easier. Sanctification or becoming more like Christ, I thought this might be easier. It is not. Your flesh is going to constantly work against you. And what Paul is saying, Paul, the great apostle, the great evangelist. He is saying this, I have not achieved it. And he says it twice because he's trying to make it very, very clear that we should have a posture of humility and anticipation. The life of the Christian should not be stagnant. And then he says, forgetting the past. And that could mean a couple things for you this morning. Um, That could be good and bad. When I titled the sermon, 
just kind of give you some background. When I titled the sermon, You Don't Know My Past, I intended really just to look at this text and say, oh, well, it's just the bad things. But as I prayed over this text, and then I actually looked at what Paul may have been referring to here, there's also some things we have to let go of that are good. What do you mean? I mean, I run into lots of Christians, and when I ask them to serve, they'll give me this response. Been there, done that. Yeah, that's what they'll say. Been there, done that. Or they will beckon back to... Ah, uh, yeah, you know what? I've done this and I've served here and they'll revel in the past. Well, that see, that does nothing for today. In fact, it will make you a lazy Christian. It will. But he also has some bad things. Look back very quickly um, to five and six. This is what I think he may have been referring to here when he's talking about forgetting the past. He's laying out Um, here to the Philippian church that he used to place value differently. And he says this in five and six, I was circumcised when I was eight days old. He's about to give us a list of his accolades. You ready? He's about to go through his trophy tower. I was circumcised eight days old. I am a pure-blooded citizen of Israel. A member of the tribe of Benjamin, a real Hebrew, if there ever was one. I was a member of the Pharisees who demand the strictest obedience to the Jewish law. I was so zealous. Watch this. Here's the bed. He harshly persecuted the church. And when he says harshly persecuted, he means he went after Christians to have them killed and imprisoned. This was Paul's past. He's kind of listing it out here for us. And as for righteousness, he says at the end of verse six, I obeyed the law without fault. There is a type of Christian, when we talk about forgetting the past and straining forward, it is this picture almost like the race we just watched where The guy with the baton is passing it off, right? You notice that runner who's taking the baton never looks back one time. You notice that? Why is that? He has to focus forward. He, in fact, at the very end, at the very end of the race, that Italian dude was fast. Let me tell you something. He was fast. I thought for sure Jamaica had it. I I thought they had it. No. That Italian dude came out of nowhere at the end. And what did he do? Right at the very end, every race you see it, what did they do? They lean forward. They strain forward. This is the posture of a Christian that is forgetting the past and straining forward. Hebrews 12, I I found this. Paul also wrote Hebrews Some contest it. I don't see enough evidence to. But Paul speaks to a race here. Speaks to a race also in Hebrews 12. Look at this. And he kind of peels apart um, maybe some of what this might look like to forget the past and strain ahead. 
Look, Hebrews 12 says in verse 1, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith. Pause. In chapter 11, he, it's the faith chapter, right? He just went through all these people of faith, and all of them had a past too. Some of it was pretty, some of it wasn't. But what you'll see is that with all these witnesses, that the faith we share is the real deal, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up, and let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. Doesn't that sound familiar? Doesn't that sound familiar? We just read, I press on to reach the end of the race. As Christians, sometimes leaving the past involves removing the things that hinder us. So my question to you right off the bat is what is hindering you from serving the Lord today? What is stopping you? Every weight, it says in Hebrews chapter 12, let us strip off every weight that slows us down. You know, when, um, when runners, picture this, have you ever seen this? When runners train, you know what they strap to their back? Parachute. Yeah. Well, why would you do that, right? It's this little parachute, it hangs off the back, and it creates resistance, right? And Paul is saying, in order for us to run this race effectively, we have to strip off anything that's hindering us. It could be pride. We might not serve because we think we're too good to. That's someone else's job. <laughs> yep. Convenience. Serving isn't convenient enough could be the weight of others' opinions. We talked about this actually on Wednesday night's Facebook Live, that how many of you had someone say something to you years and years and years ago, and it was so wounding, every time you go to do something, it kind of comes back into your head. Some of us just have mixed up priorities. And can I tell you, the people around you will pick up when your priorities are jacked up. Some of you aren't serving because your priorities are messed up. We'll see what Paul says about that farther down in Philippians. But we have to let go of both the bad and the good. Paul was a murderer. You know, Moses was a murderer too for that matter. Moses was disobedient. There is not a person in this book except for Jesus Christ that you can look at and say, you know what? They had it all together. And they would echo Paul's sentiment here that, look, I have not achieved it yet, but I am going to press on. We have to forget the past, strain ahead, and part of also uh, removing every weight, he says, especially the sin in Hebrews 12 that so easily trips us up. As your pastor... Can I plead with you for just a moment? There is nothing. Everybody say nothing. There is nothing that will hinder you more than undealt with sin in your life. Whatever it is, 
if it remains undealt with, you, you know the language the Bible uses about how we're supposed to deal with sin? Mortify it. Put it to death. The Bible has a zero tolerance policy for sin. I knew that wouldn't be a popular phrase. And I got to tell you, the number one thing I see in Christians' life, <laughs> the things that hold them back is the fact that they're, they're willing to tolerate the sin in their own hearts. They're willing to tolerate it. And let me tell you something, the cross of Christ beckons you to more than that. Victory over sin. Sin will easily entangle us. In fact, Paul, um, this says trips us up. It's, it's better uh, translated entangles, okay? How many of you watch Grey's Anatomy? Anybody? Okay. None of you are going to admit to that. I watch Grey's Anatomy all the time. It's what I fall asleep to. My wife loves Grey's Anatomy, and she can't go to sleep without the TV on. Anybody else? Okay. Yeah, that's fine. So I watch a lot of Grey's Anatomy, and there's an episode. Okay, let me me tell you what Grey's Anatomy is. I probably need to tell you this. Grey's Anatomy is a television series that follows some doctors and nurses in a hospital. Okay? Now, um, on this particular episode, uh, this woman and her, this woman shows up in the ER entangled. Everybody say entangled. Entangled in razor wire. You know what razor wire is? It's not barbed wire. It's kind of like barbed wire, except worse. It's got razors all along it. You usually see it along the walls of prisons. Well, this particular woman and her husband, um, they were like doomsday preppers. Now, if you're a doomsday prepper, I'm not hating on you. Oh, wait, I do have one in here. Where is he at? He stepped out. Good. I can talk about him. No, I'm not going to do that. Um, So this woman and her husband built walls around their house. Now, some of you would like to do that, but they built walls and then put razor wire all around the house. Well, this woman's husband, I got to speak it up. He died, and she realized she was closed off from the world around her. And she didn't want to be closed off from the world around her anymore. So she got a ladder, and she said, I'm going to take this razor wire down. So she starts taking down the razor wire. She falls off of the ladder into a bundle of razor wire. And what you see in this scene of Grey's Anatomy is that every time she moves, it cuts deeper and deeper. Have you ever been entangled in something? I try and untangle my daughter's hair all the time. She acts like I am ripping her scalp out every time I brush her hair. I don't get it because my wife will do it and she doesn't do that. So I don't know what I'm doing wrong, but it seems to get worse as I try to do it. And it's probably because I'm doing it like that. It's not hard to get entangled. It's why it says it so easily trips. It so easily entangles us. Sin will, sin will kill you. It will. 
It is not to be played with. If I had one admonishment for you today, it would be this. Put to death the things that are not of the Lord in your life. Don't wait. Don't wait till tomorrow. Don't say, oh, I'll get it under control. God is not asking you to control your sin. He's asking you to put it to death. Sin will easily entangle you. Just like this lady in the razor wire, it, didn't, it wasn't complicated for her to get more entangled. She just, it just easily wrapped her up and was slowly killing her. Sin will do the same thing to you. Nothing will hinder your life more than undealt with sin. I'm, I'm praying right now, Father, would, Holy Spirit, would you reveal in us the sin that we are not dealing with? Right now, Father. Paul is not coasting. You know what Paul's not doing? He is not coasting. The whole point of him saying in Philippians here is that I don't mean to say that I've already achieved it. No, dear brothers, I have not achieved it, but I press on. He is not content. And one hurdle when people say, hey, you know what? You don't know my past. Um, I don't know what's coming in the future. It is just a cop out to say I'm content where I'm at. I'm content. I don't want to do anything for the Lord. Christ has already won it. I do love that line. I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. Christ has already won this thing. Christ has already made it happen. We need to forget the past and strain ahead. One question I'd like to, some of you may be asking right now, how do I know if I'm not doing this? This one singular motion of forgetting the past and straining forward. How do I know if I'm not doing this? Well, your life is motionless. You might have little action in your personal pursuit of Christ. Have you grown in Christ lately? No growth spiritually. You're stagnant and overall lack a passion for the things of the Lord. What I'm asking you to do today is leave the past in the past. And then what we're going to talk about next, I need you to press on. It's not, just, it's not just forgetting the past and straining forward. It is pressing on today, right now. If I were to look at my life, divorced parents, I left uh, at 18 years old. I left for Tennessee to go do college on my own because I didn't, I, I just wasn't, things weren't working out here. So I thought I'm just going to go do my own thing. And there are many days and times, statistically, that I just shouldn't be here. My past is littered with nothing but rebellion against the Lord. And to look at it any other way is to downplay the sinfulness in my flesh. If you look at your life and all you can do is brag about what you've done, that is a wrong posture. It's a wrong place to be and probably why you're not serving the Lord. And I had to take all the abandonment that I faced 
all the wounds, everything. Let me tell you, I would not be in ministry today if I let every past incident, past successes, and past hurt decide for me what I'm doing today. I had to leave it with Christ. I don't know who I'm talking to today. You need to leave it with Christ. There's something in your heart, in your life today, you, you have held on to it. You've not let it go. You need to leave it with Christ. There's an old song that says, leave it there, leave it there. Take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. If you trust him through your doubt, he will surely bring you out. Take your burden to the Lord. Leave it there. I'm asking you, I'm pleading with you today to leave it with the Lord. Because when we forget the past and strain ahead, we can realize that God's work for us isn't yesterday. It's not tied up in yesterday. It's not tied up in my failures or my successes of yesterday. And I can't do anything about tomorrow. God has that on lock. I can only do for today. And today, what I need to do is press on. Let's look at 14. Now, today. Philippians 3, 14 says, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus, is calling us. It's almost like the Luke 9 account where um, Paul is saying, put your hands to the plow and let's go to work. Let's go to work. Um, Hebrews gives us a similar account here. Uh, in Hebrews 12, verse uh, 1, it says, let us run with endurance the race set before us. What is Paul saying there again? Press on. Everybody say it. Press on. Press on. And then in verse 2 of Hebrews 12, he actually says this. We do this by what? Keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. How do we press on? How do we endure this race? How do we keep going forward? It is simply keeping our eyes on Jesus. I'm reminded of the story of Peter, one of Jesus' disciples. They're out on a boat, big storm, right? They see what they thought is a ghost. Anybody seen a ghost? Yeah, see? <laughs> I could tell you ghost stories, and I really want to, but I'm not going to get into ghost stories. Maybe I'll save that for another series. Peter the, the, the disciples on this boat finally realize it's Jesus walking on the water towards them. What an epic scene. Peter says, Lord, why don't you grant me? Let, let me come out to you. And Jesus says, yes. And what happens? He steps out of the boat and Peter walks on the water towards Jesus. Whoa! I, I don't know. I get excited when I think about stuff like that. I like, I want to see it. I want to, I want, I want to do that. Have you ever tried? I've tried. Look, I don't think, you, you might not actually know the Lord if you haven't tried walking on water once or twice. No, that's probably wrong to say. I shouldn't say that. 
There we go. I'm going to hear about that one. Okay. (laughs) And as he's walking across the water, he all of a sudden began to sink. You know what happened? You think the storm got too bad? No. He took his eyes off Jesus. He was distracted by the storm around him. And he began to sink. The reason you may be sinking in this race or running stagnant or not moving or you're motionless, the reason you may not be serving the Lord with the vigor that Paul is presenting here, running the race well, is because you've taken your eyes off Jesus and you've become content in your sinful rebellion. Could that be? It could also be sickness. It could be a family relationship. What is distracting you today? Keep our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates. You know, Jesus began our faith, and then he perfects it as well. David, as I was studying, there's a guy named David that I read quite often anyway. He said this about this verse. It is a deception to live either in the past or in the future. God wants us to press on in the present because the present is where eternity touches us now. Paul knew that a race is won only in the present moment, not in the past or in the future. You know when the race is won? Today. We have to respond today to the victory he has already accomplished for us. We have to press on. And then for a moment here, we see that Paul, the what if set in. Okay, I get what you're saying. So maybe you see it. Maybe you see it. You say, okay, Carl, I get it. Forget the past. Strain forward. And today, I need to press on. I don't need to wait for the weekend to serve at the connections or at the doors. Um, today, every day we should be serving the Lord. You, know, you don't get a five-day break, six-day break from serving the Lord. We don't just serve him on Sundays. We serve him with our lives and a life that looks like forgetting the past and straining forward. He covers these what ifs. He says in 15 and 16, let all who are spiritually mature agree on these things. If you disagree on some point, I believe God will make it plain to you. But we must hold on to the progress we have already made. In summation, what he says here is what we don't know can never excuse us from failing to do what we do know. What if God can't do anything with my past? What what if tomorrow, what if I die? Listen, we can do all kinds of things with what ifs, but we cannot let what we don't know affect what we do know. You know what James 4 says? To him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, it is sin. Did you know by actively rejecting God's call to serve his people in our community that you are living in active sin? Oh, you didn't know. Now you know. To him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, 
It is sin. And then he has these closing admonishments. So if the band wants to come, I'm going to read here. Philippians 3, 17 through 20. Listen to Paul's impassioned plea here. Dear brothers and sisters, pattern your lives after mine and learn from those who follow our example. For I have told you often before, and I say it again, with tears in my eyes, that there are many whose conduct shows that they are really enemies of the cross of Christ. They are headed for destruction. Look at this right here. Their God is their appetite. They brag about shameful things and they think only about this life here on earth. But we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives and we are eagerly awaiting for him to return as our savior. There are people who are going to run the race differently. There are people who are not citizens of heaven. How can you tell? You remember how we asked, how do we know if we're not forgetting the past and reaching forward? Look at this. It it says that people who are not pressing on, who are not running the race, they are going to live lives where they brag about things that are shameful. They are going to live only according to their desires. They are going to, their lives are going to look like they are just worried about their life here on earth. How many of us today that would describe our lives? How many of us today can say that we are living life and running this race with eternity in mind. Not today. Not, not, not yesterday, not tomorrow, today. This moment. How are you serving him today? Mom? Dad? How are you serving him in your home? Are your kids going to get that Jesus is important? Can I tell you, one of my greatest fears of all time is that I would pastor a church and lead others to serve the Lord faithfully, but in my home, that my daughters, my soon-to-be son, would not pick up on how, how centric God should be to their, their lives, that, that Jesus shouldn't be something we do on the weekends. Jesus is something, is someone we serve today, right now, right now. God's work for you and I. You notice it says the race is set before us. 
God has a race for you to run. Are you running it? Are you forgetting what's behind? Are you leaving behind all the past failures? He can handle it. Do you know God can handle it? Leaving behind all successes and not just heaping up saying, oh, look at all that I've done. But we should be people that say, I today, for going any of the awards and accolades I've had in the past, I want to serve God today. I want to run this race well. God's work for you and I is not tied up in yesterday. And it's not tied up in tomorrow. God's work for you is today. It's not tied up in the weight of the past on our shoulders or the security of our future. He has work for you today. Now, some of you are going to leave today and you say, man, that was a great message. I hope you said that. Some of you might say, man, that was terrible. my heart is this. If you're a Christian in this room today or online, how are you serving him today? How are you going to go ahead and forget the past, strain forward, and in the now, right now, what are you going to do with the word of the Lord? What are you going to do with it? For those that don't know Christ, may be thinking, man, this, something about this is drawing me in. This Jesus that would go ahead and secure the victory. This Jesus that would sacrifice his life for me and lay it down for me. I want to know this Jesus. You can know this Jesus. The Bible, in fact, ensures anyone who confesses with their mouth and believes in their heart Jesus Christ is the Lord of their life. That's, that's it. Will you pray with me? Father, thank you. No matter what we bring from our past, we want to strain forward. We want to lean forward into all the things that you have called us to do. Let us not be lazy Christians. Let our lives be marked by a hunger and a passion to see others come to know you and for us to be a part of that process. Use us, God, today. Use us to affect someone else's eternity. Help us to see our lives today as a part of your plans and your purposes. Help us see our work, not as in the past and not in the future, but Lord, help us today, right now, Father, show us how we can serve you in our homes and in our workplaces, in our neighborhoods, right here in this church and community. Help us to serve you well. We love you and we praise you. In the mighty name of Jesus, everyone said... Amen. Would you stand to your feet and worship with us? Thanks for streaming this audio from Transformation Church RVA, located in Richmond, Virginia. For more information, check out our website at www.transformationrva.com.